Welcome to Cancelled. We are back. We just wrapped up Time Cop, one of the worst things I've ever seen. We, so we're watching Dark Room. By the way, Adam Rabick is here. Adam, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. We are watching Dark Room from 1981. <laughs> it is somehow way more competently made than the Time Cop show that we watched from 1997. Uh, that was on ABC. It was like a real show. I, 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 I haven't seen Time Cop, but I find that really hard to believe. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. I Okay, so ooh, so that's let's go into it. I take it you did not enjoy these episodes. I Okay, here's here's my thing. Uh, I watched the first episode last night. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how bored <laughs> and upset I was by the end of it. It's a 40, it was like a 45-minute episode. Mm-hmm. It took uh, it took me about 90 minutes to watch <laughs> the whole thing between the commercials on NBC.com and just having to, somehow th- this is one of the dumbest things I've ever watched and yet it is still so complicated that I had to keep rewinding. It is incredible. So I will say this. I agree with you 100% on the first episode. It is mine. It, it is dumb and Somehow, confuse. It's so dumb. It's confusing. Like it is a. But I will say this. I don't think it is poorly made. Like it is shot fine. It is like there's the acting is is decent. The story is. I don't even know how to. Dis- we'll get into it in a second. But what I mean to say is. I felt very much the same way that you did about the first one. I liked the second episode a bit. I kind of enjoyed it. Like in a way of like. So if we're not if you're not familiar, you haven't watched yet, you should definitely I say watch. Um and we'll be going through the whole show as always. But uh it's basically an anthology series, this kind of Twilight Zone or or night gallery, it's that kind mo- of thing. It's the most blatant attempt at a Twilight Zone ripoff I've ever but seen. What I will say that I enjoyed about the second episode is a lot of Twilight Zones are like little morality plays or there's like a be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. thing going on. The second episode, nah, here's just some creepy shit. Have fun. And I kind of enjoyed that. Like, I also kind of enjoy the weird – it's also weird. So it's two epi- It's two stories per episode, right? Yeah. And it's like three quarters one story and then like a little tiny short thing at the end. Of, oh, here's like a 10-minute – this is a little short thing we're going to shoot. That I kind of fa- – I like that format I thought was fun. The shorter ones are uh, – so far have both been better. Sure. I, I – the, the second uh, – Parts of the second mm. episode was the only one I have enjoyed so far. Okay, well, let's jump into these fucking episodes. Uh, episode first off, let's talk about a couple things. Uh, opening credits, I I really like. I it's so weird. It's it's weirdly paced. It is. They're just racing through this house that right. has no furniture in it. No, there's like, no it's an empty house. And <laughs> I also feel bad because like it's a camera real low to the ground. But there weren't GoPros. There's some fucking cameraman with like a 90 pound camera yeah. trying to wheel it through this fucking house. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, there's a guy who can't like bend over to pick up his kids now because he was filming. <laughs> yeah, 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 the opening <laughs> credits, the, open the, the dark room for sure. But it's also weird because it's like just a voiceover going like, "You feel compelled, pulling you ever closer to the dark room." And oh, I, I wrote it down. Okay. It's you're in a house maybe your own maybe one you've never seen before this is talking heads (laughs) you feel it something evil you run but there's no escape nowhere to turn you feel something beckoning you drawing you into the terror that awaits you in the dark room and he says that faster than i just said it (laughs) for sure and like it doesn't go like you would think of uh, drawing you faster to terror that waits you 
in the dark room would be like the way you think it would go. Mm-hmm. It goes the terror that waits you in the dark room credits. Like that's mm-hmm. it. It's just it like it's weird. so jarring. Nope. One take. Nope. Do we need another one? No. Nope, we're good. <laughs> yeah, 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 you yeah, nailed yeah. it, man. <laughs> uh, which brings us to the the our ho- our host, our Ray Bradbury, the great James Coburn, mm-hmm. being like. I almost felt when I was first watching it like it was actually just his dark room, and he was like, "I will, uh, I will be the host of your show. I'm going to develop my photography while I do it, and you just have to base the show around that." <laughs> he just was like too into it. Yeah, it's like he's like, you know, I'm thinking I'm gonna go for the uh, I, I Rod the Rod Serling thing, but you know what Rod Serling was missing was a little horniness. He wasn't horny. <laughs> he wasn't quite horny enough. James Coburn, weirdly horny. Yeah. And also, so like you've seen the Twilight Zone, you've seen Night Gallery, you've seen all these shows. Your host comes in, he gives a little thing about uh, on this street, there's a house and the house is whatever, like some little thing to describe what the, the story's going to be. I did not understand even for like a moment what he was trying to say about this first door. Mm-mm. He go like he's like that's Gen- there's a poster on the wall some girl and he's like that's Jennifer Mitchell. She was the hot poster girl of the month. <laughs> okay, which it was, was a thing in 1981 apparently. It wasn't Jennifer Mitchell, it was Gina Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, that is cr- I maybe I think my brain just corrected it cuz that's gross. <laughs> And I don't like it. Also, it's going to get grosser. The second episode, oh, yeah. whoa, boy. Um, uh, but that's – that's ugh, I don't even like saying it. That's Gina Mitchell. She was the hot poster girl of the month. Uh, but also, this is the real Gina Mitchell. And, I, and he pulls up like an 8 by 10 of a ghoul of just like an undead. She's got like sullen black eyes. Yeah. She's got a wart on her face. And it's supposed to be like, oh, they – you know, they not Photoshop since 1981, but they airbrushed this and they whatever and like witches. Yeah, the it real. was like this is Gina Mitchell and this is Gina Mitchell when they found her. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is Gina Mitchell when they pulled her out of the lake. <laughs> yes, like it's just <laughs> disgusting. Um, but he goes on and on about like who's the real whatever, and it is fucking incredibly confusing, which leads us into our first story, closed circuit. I don't. I watched it. Twice? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't understand what I kind of get it. I I don't get it. I'm angry at the way they wrapped it up. Like it just there's a lot in this that is like they, shoddy. They were trying to do they were definitely trying to do like a morality play with this one. I, yeah. But the they clearly like abandoned it with about three minutes left in the vignettes, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "We're gonna go a completely different way because we don't know how to make this creepy at the end." <laughs> they don't, it's so so. Here's our story: We are following a TV newsman uh, whose name I don't remember, uh, but his it's Greg something. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Greg is concerned about his uh, friend, who is the main anchor, Arthur Desmond. Mm-hmm. Who uh, he's like, he called me the other day, so he wanted to talk, and now he's not returning my calls. And apparently, that's enough to just be like, well, something's clearly horribly wrong mm-hmm. because he's not returning my calls. This is like pre cell phones. It's not like everybody's in constant communication in 1981, but he's completely freaked out. He is also a wild creep from the beginning. Oh my God. He is a this, gross, grosso, and I don't like him. This poor woman he's working with, who I think we found out later is his boss. I, <laughs> for sure, he is sexually harassing. His boss. That's 100% accurate. Uh, I think also they were like, they used to be a thing. That's maybe mm-hmm. his ex, something. Yeah. Some sort of past there. Uh, By the way, all the men in this episode look 67 years old, and they're all uh, alleged to be 46. <laughs> they all are gray as fuck. One of them he calls is like 
cartoonishly reading a book. He calls his one friend and he's sitting in a rocking chair in like a cardigan with a pipe and there's like one light on him. He's yeah, just, yeah. just reading creepily. If you saw the book, it would just – the print would be so big there would be one word per page. <laughs> um, so he uh, – he's at this office and he's tell- – Complaining to this female uh, boss of his that oh I don't know where my friend where this where Arthur Dresden is not returning my calls but he's seeing him on the TV right mm-hmm. and he go oh, he's been recording out of the Lodi uh, office or whatever because it's on his way home or some shit right mm-hmm. but he's like oh he hates Lodi by the way you want to fuck like he is so yeah. grossly hitting on this woman yeah. at one point he's like hey you want to do something or whatever and she goes I'm going home and getting in a hot tub and she's like oh sounds he's like sounds like fun and she's like no it's a small tub dickhead <laughs> just for me I have to specify the size of the tub. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Away from me. Like, oh, he's, and also, like, he's supposed to be our hero. And, like, he does it. Like, he, oh, he's I'm so concerned about my friend. Not concerned enough not to be horny all the time. Like, mm, should, yeah. like some level of concern. Look, a man has two brains. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets a, when he's calling the uh, cartoonish reader, he gets uh, an operator comes on. He's like, oh, we have an emergency call from your, from Arthur or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to his friend. But he's like, this isn't making any sense. You say you're staying at this cabin. First you say your maid called. But then you say you called your maid. What's going on? He lays a little trap. He says, oh, you know, my friend Leo was asking about you. You recommended a doctor that he – she goes, oh, great, yeah. Much more clever a move than we should expect from anybody in this entire series. I would also say – so basically what he says is like, oh, my friend Leo was asking about you. You recommended this doctor. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm glad it worked out. And then uh, he's like, ha-ha, there was no Leo. So he's telling a female boss that. And the female boss is like – yeah, he was just being polite. He didn't remember your fucking dumb neighbor, and he just went along with your boring ass story. Like, yeah, like that is a perfectly reasonable explanation. If you're for an that old happened. man, and somebody's like, "Do you remember this thing that happened last week?" You would just, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Also, they start dropping random shit about our. So he's like getting more paranoid, and he goes to the Lodi. Uh, office or a studio, or whatever, mm-hmm. but he's not there either. It's just an empty studio. Where is he? And then his doctor, his boss is like, if you keep drinking a bottle of bourbon a day, a day. and I was like, wow. So yeah. you're just actually an alcoholic old yeah. man who's like <laughs> sundowning and confused about your friend. Like, this, guy, this guy's putting up Steve O numbers and doing the news. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing, he's drinking a fucking bottle of bourbon a day and he doesn't go like, nay, hey, now that's like a bit of exaggeration. No, he's 100%. Yeah, I'm mm. drinking a bottle of bourbon a day, but you know, he also, it, it's what I do. I don't know. Do we see him drink at the office at all? No, we don't see him drink so once. He just does it from in like the six, four or five hours he's awake at home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Slams a bottle of bourbon. Uh, there's also, I, I wrote this down because I found it fucking <laughs> dumb as hell. There's a, at one point he's watching a broadcast and it's Arthur Dresden, right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, doing like a human interest piece. And it's about a, a little boy, a 10 year old boy whose parents, oh my God, he, he witnesses yes. his parents going, uh, like, uh, they're going to be getting divorced. And it bothers him so much that he starts his own marriage counseling mm-hmm. service outside in the yard, like he's fucking Lucy for, from uh, Peanuts. For 10 cents a session. 10 cents a session. And people start going and it, and it makes his parents get back together. And I was like, that is, Horrible! You that family needs to split up for the health of that child. Like, yeah. why are you putting your marriage on this? Like, you normally go, oh, it's not my your parent. You know, mommy and daddy are getting divorced. It's not your fault. No, this is one hundred percent your fault. Your count, your counseling didn't work. Like, <laughs> you're just putting it on this child. Um. Yeah. So he's freaking out. He goes to load at whatever. He has like a 
I wrote it down because it's a fucking real dumb. There's a lot of real dumb lingo by the end, which is a thing that happens a lot on the show. We cover a lot of like sci-fi and whatever. Well, because when he goes to the Lodi studio, he sees on the monitor that there is a broadcast going on. And so as soon as the recording light goes off, he opens the studio and and the lights are off. Nobody's in there except for one guy who's still at the camera for some reason. I'm not sure. Which would make less sense the further we get into this episode. (laughs) Uh, But he does say – they say you had a – Cerebral vascular accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, so, he like turns like a, red and like falls a, down the like stairs. A stroke? I'm guessing. They they say later in the episode it was a stroke. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so his his boss's boss shows up, like mm-hmm. the head of the of yeah, the whose name is Bill Bellamy. His name is Bill Bellamy, <laughs> who tells him, "I've taken the liberty of ordering a number of tests." Have you, sir? You're my boss. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get to order medical yeah. treatments for me. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, uh, the studio's paying for it. Of oh, course. well, then I guess stick right, me yeah, with yeah. a bunch of drugs, I guess. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they wake him up and they shoot him up with Adderall or something? To I, it's So they wake him up to give him a shot that's going to wake him up? It's it very says to weird. to help you think. So I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> and they start doing weird, creepy stuff. They make him stare into this camera, repeat these phrases over and over, high altitude. Two jets whiz past, uh, mm-hmm. something about the courageous young cowboys or whatever, right? And he has to say it. He's getting really annoyed. It's like in Mission Impossible 3 when Tom Cruise makes Philip Seymour Hoffman say all the syllables so he can get the get voice, voice right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what's happening. Yes. We'll find out. Uh, he is then hypnotized by a black lady. It's nice. There's some diversity mm-hmm. in the show. <laughs> and then suddenly he wakes up in his apartment. And I was like, did I miss something? Because he's got like a beard. He's not in the hospital anymore. The boss had told him after you get out of the hospital, you got to take two weeks off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets – he goes, no, I'm going back to the office. Yeah, he th- he's playing with a stress ball and he goes, you know, uh, this stress ball isn't working. I'm still stressed. And he throws it and he leaves. He, he, well, he, he gets I'm, – I'm watching him. He's wearing a robe and what appear to be blue pants. I'm like, okay, pajama pants, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets up. Throws the robe off. He's wearing a robe with jeans and a belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking weird. I didn't even notice that. He also has like – he looks like he's been drinking a bottle of bourbon a day. Like yes. he's got like the fucking yeah, yeah. growth or whatever. Which is what you do after you get out of the hospital. <laughs> sure. Well, when you're a fucking bottle of bourbon guess, a day alcoholic, you drink in the hospital. Uh, yeah. You're going to go through the fucking DTs real hard. Well, when they were like, we're going to give you something to help you think, they shot him with bourbon. Because yeah. that's what he's used <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's his juice. Uh, he goes – so he goes to the office, right? And he's now he's clean. He's cleaned up. He goes to the office. He gets into the. Uh, he's like runs into the dude. The guy's like, "Oh, where's uh, the lady boss? I can't think of her name. Megan or whatever." And she's oh, she's in Studio A one or whatever. Mm-hmm. He goes to the Studio A one and he sees uh, she's not there. It's like a dude working the boards or whatever. And he's on the TV mm-hmm. conducting an interview. And he's like, what the fuck is this? I've never interviewed this guy before. He's interviewing some, like, Saudi sheik or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've never met this man in my life. What's going on? The guy hits this little fucking, like, emergency button or whatever. What we find out is they have developed electronic transmography. I wrote that down. <laughs> the, st- the, the string of technical words that comes Electron out of the box. Electron gun matrix is one of them at one point. Okay. I looked this up. This not entirely made up. That's kind of how cameras work. Like, okay, uh, okay. I'll, I mean, I, 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 it took it took me several hours to like, <laughs> come to terms with that. But yeah, basically, what they have done is made like holograms, essentially. Right? Mm-hmm. They've comp- they have a, a little box that has a computer program in it, and they've scanned you, 
and then they can just have you say whatever they want you to say, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he's all mad. What are you talking about? You're stealing my soul. You're going to make me sell out or whatever. And he's like, it's, it's for ratings. I do not understand. So the evil company, right? Yeah. What? Named how, UBS, which how, is a Swiss bank. Okay, it's also I think uh, like a like a irritable bowel syndrome. He, <laughs> irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> it's irritable. So when Charles Barkley has IBS. Yeah, it's irritable. <laughs> um, how is this better? If the whole thing is like we just want people to say what we want to say, just go hire some fucking people to say what you want them to say. It's, Pay the, their whole thing is like we're going to save money on uh, like the cameras and the lights and the whatever. Even though they still have cameramen, they have cameramen doing the job. Record, shoot, they, have, they they were like we don't we're not paying the anchors. We just have cameramen shooting at a blank wall. Yeah. And, and, no, they're they're. I think their justification was because when they did it to Arthur Desmond, like right. Arthur Desmond is apparently dying. That's what Bill tells him. He says Arthur's so dying. We bought him a forty foot yacht. He's out sailing. He gets yeah. to live his life while. We're firing three quarters of our staff so we can buy 40 foot yachts for all of our dying anchors. I also want to say this. Our hero is like, never. You'll never get me or whatever. For sure. You're telling me that if I just sit here for 10 minutes and let you film me, then a computer will do my job and I can go sail. I can go to Paris and whatever. He wants to go to like Paris, Amsterdam or Athens. He wants to travel the world. Yeah, yeah. And write his book or whatever. Mm -hmm. Absolute fucking loot. I would love a computer to do my job and I get to like live, like you're paying for all my shit. It's a, yeah, it's a great deal. I'm not, I think, and I think that. Be- they were saying because he had that stroke, they were like, what if you have the next one? We need to have a recording of you so we can keep having you, Greg, well, as our it, TV we're personality. We're going to get to that in a minute. I mean – It really confuses <laughs> me at the end. But uh, – He's like, never, I'm never, you'll never get me or whatever. And he goes back to his house and he's on his own TV talking to him. Mm-hmm. And well, first, he, the, the way he can, like, he's like, this can't be real. And the way they convince him is he goes, the, the boss says, what's your favorite poem? And he goes, Mary had a little lamb. Oh, mine shitty. <laughs> oh, just shitty. Like, yeah. I'm a man. I don't have a favorite poem. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. And uh, he like, hey, bring up the transmogrifier, uh, run code, blah, blah, blah. Mary had a little lamb. Mm-hmm. And then the TV comes on, and there he is on the TV saying, doing Mary Had a Little Lamb. And he's like, oh, it's fucking real or whatever. You fucking know it's real. You already saw it. You saw yourself interviewing someone you've never seen before, right? So you know it's real. You don't need this bullshit. Mm-hmm. He goes running home. Now he's on his TV convincing him. Like, he's seeing himself go like, hey, listen, you know, we can really make this work. And he tries to <laughs> – this one, this made me mad. He's like trying to turn on – like he turns the channel and it doesn't do anything and the guy's like – Look, we you know we set up cameras, whatever. We've got control of your TV. You're not going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Then he unplugs the TV and it stays on. Yeah, no, that's not one. Like I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, I get that you like, could be like, oh, we made it so the yeah, chan- yeah. you can't change the channel. They didn't totally fine. Yeah, yeah. they didn't like f- like make it a battery television. Right, right. Like it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've revolutionized energy sources. <laughs> yeah, that made me, I was like, no, that's just dumb. <laughs> now it's magic. Like you were doing yeah. sci-fi and that's fine. It's Are just we, whatever? Another, but that's just magic. Oh, another part that made me mad about this so like the whole program is they have enough video and audio of these people that they can they can make them like say whatever are we meant to believe that somebody was like hand puppeting this person this or this fake greg uh remotely making him say these exact things because he was saying things that only greg would really know about himself a hundred percent that i don't under like 
I get that it's like it's a hologram. You can make it's like you can make mm-hmm. it say things, but how does it? It doesn't have its own consciousness, right? But the t- TV Greg is being—it's like a sentient thing. TV Greg is telling real Greg: if you stay working here, you'll never get to travel. You've you'll been never lying to yourself about this book, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. All this stuff that like is his you're, inner thought. You're going to work more, and you're going to have another stroke, and you're going to die. Um, he also tells him, <laughs> you live in a country where only 8% of the population reads books. That can't be right. I know we're not like the most yeah. like readers right. of the country, but 8%, that seems a bit low. But also then he goes, uh, eight, like, this country is functionally illiterate. <laughs> That's not what that means That's either. Not even close <laughs> no, not at all. That just means lazy, of, I know uh, quite a few people who don't read books but can <laughs> read. Can absolutely read. <laughs> um and he tells him like you're going to have to uh you know basically convinces him to take the take the offer. Mm-hmm. They'll send you around the world, you get to travel, you get to write your fucking book. Uh he goes back to your office, he's like, "Yeah, I'm in." They have to, he's like they're going to try it once. Mm-hmm. Um even though they've already tried it. They tried it. They've they have <laughs> they've been doing it for weeks with Arthur Dresman. Yeah. He's just they that's what the news has been for like a month now. So why are you trying it with him? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh but also, here's what's annoying. They're like – he's like, so uh, they're going to cut to you. We'll cut to this camera and it will – we'll put the TV version of you, the computer, Greg, and you'll be in between these two other anchors. Yeah, he also Are show- they also computer anchors? I'm not sure. Because they're interacting. So it's not – here's what's here's what's weird. So it's not like – it's an when I say hologram, it's not an actual hologram. Like if you were in the room with it, it mm-hmm. wouldn't appear as like a 3D thing in a room with you. It just project. It's just on the yeah. television. It's a it's a deep fake video basically. Exactly. So how are they interacting with I, it? Yeah, I don't know because we don't – We he hosts this show with these two other guys called right. Calendar. We don't know anything about these other two. They're not – neither of these two are Arthur Desmond, the guy who is missing. As far as we know, the other two anchors are, are just still human, alive are and just fine. Are human yeah. beings, absolutely. Yeah. So like I don't get the – that whole scene just didn't make any Un- sense. Unless there's like somebody in the studio running cue cards. Hey, here's uh, uh, Greg's lines. Yeah, here's yeah, when yeah, he's yeah, saying yeah, them. Yeah. Now go. It's like when. But then are they in on it? Like how big is this conspiracy? Right. Yeah. Right? Why would they point. go? Yeah. Where's Greg? Why are we doing? Why? Mm. Like why isn't he just here? Why yeah, are we faking this interaction? Yeah. They're sitting. They're sitting on either side of a guy with like a black suit with those white dots. Balls, like, yeah, 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 yeah. like when Michael <laughs> Jordan made Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he so it works. Of course, mm-hmm. it works because they've already figured it out. And he tells the female boss, "Like, oh, I get to go. I'm, I can't believe I got one way ticket to Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna fucking write on my. I got uh, my travel typewriter mm-hmm. and all my notebooks. Fifteen years of notes. He says, fifteen years of notes for one novel. And then he <laughs> says, like, it'd be better if you know I wasn't alone. Cause mm-hmm. He's still horny. And she's like, I'm sure you won't be. And he's like, that's not what I meant. Yeah, it is. It's exactly what you meant. Yeah, you yeah. just want to fuck this broad. You've been right. trying it for the, the only thing you've ever meant. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, before he leaves, he takes off his tie and hands it to her. What like, is that move? Like a cop turning in his badge and gun. <laughs> it's like when you get hired at the news station, they give you your tie. <laughs> it was such a weird move. He also like hands her like, okay, he gives her like the, the hands her the letter. It's like one way ticket to Paris, one mm-hmm. the envelope. And I'm like, okay, he's like, hold this while I take my jacket off mm-hmm. or whatever. But then when he handed her that tie, I was like, she's your boss. Mm-hmm. She's not a coat rack. What are you doing? <laughs> it was so weird. It, yeah. It, at no point other than 
just where this woman was standing and like the the fact that she held information over right. him. That was the only time she ever seemed to have any authority over him. Well, she says shit. She like gives him instructions that he doesn't follow and mm-hmm. then she's fine with it. In the beginning of the episode, she's like, we have a budget meeting at four or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't go and she yeah. sees her later and he's like, hey, way to pull your weight at the budget meeting. And then he's just like, whatever, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking for Arthur. Yeah. And she doesn't give a shit, but she's clearly told him as a boss here, you have to be at this meeting. Well, bosses are usually fine with that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> she's also like the meeting with – so she's in on the, the like – Mm-hmm. projector thing, the transmography or whatever. Um, he's like, all right, I gotta, I'm on my way. I'm going to catch my flight. And he's leaving and he, two guys are like, you got to come with us mm-hmm. to the lower level. This also made me laugh too because he's like, to the lower level. He goes, the basement? And like, no, the lower level. Then they get in the elevator and there's a lobby button. There's an LL button, which should be lower level, oh, you would think. Yeah. And then there's a B button for basement. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're going to go to LL. They go pa- the lights just go past LL, past B, and then nothing. Yeah. And then that's like a secret level. A secret but then what the level. fuck is LL? Like, right. <laughs> like why is that on this button? Um and he gets down there and they go – basically the boss is like, no, you can't leave. He hits him with mm-hmm. the jazz palmetary. He says, no, here's the only problem. Like – and of course it makes perfect sense. You can't have these people out running around. Somebody sees them and they're live on TV. They're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? So like obviously, of course they can't let you leave, right? And now he, has to, he doesn't get to go to Paris. He doesn't get to whatever. He has to live the rest of his days in this fucking apartment down in the basement of this building. And he's like, you can have all the finest things. You can have women, whatever you want. So they're going to like just bring hookers in for him. Right, yeah. Which is gross. Uh, it's like it's going to be like Bin Laden in his compound. Yeah, yeah. Just porn and <laughs> yeah. shit everywhere. But here's what I was pissing me off. This is when he tells him like, you know, look, if like – what if you had that stroke? What if you have another one? Or what if you decide you want more money and you have to quit? We have to have, uh, uh, like, you know, that's why we're keeping you in the basement. But that's no, you have the thing. You don't need him. I right. get that you have to keep him away from the public or whatever, but like, but that argument like, doesn't make sense. But he's gonna be away from the public. He's going to like Europe. He's gonna travel. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna yeah, like yeah, yeah, get yeah. lost and be kind of anonymous for a while. It sounds like. And also, what do you mean if you? What if you want more money? Like, are they still paying him? I, I don't. I mean, I, I could only assume that was the gig, right? We keep paying you, mm-hmm. but then then you're not saving money. So how is he traveling? I thought they like bought him, like they bought the other guy. The 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 setup was we bought him a yacht so he could go travel. Yeah, uh, but so I thought like, oh, they're paying him. You know, we'll pay your airfare. We'll put you up in hotels or whatever, so you could do this thing. It just seemed like a ton of work for nothing. Like for nothing. Yeah. At the end of the day, you just have like a like. First, it's like it's for ratings. But what does that mean? Are you manipulating the news? Like you're not – it doesn't appear as though they are actually manipulating the news. They are just having a hologram read the news. Mm-hmm. So what are – how does that help your ratings? It's just the same dude. Nothing's yeah. changed. Like I just don't <laughs> understand the scheme. I don't understand like the why, the hand wringing where the bad guys were doing this bad guy thing. What are you doing? I don't understand. I I guess – I guess the, the their whole thing is like – Oh, uh, when people turn on the news, they like to see like a warm, familiar face. Right. And so we're going to keep this warm, familiar face in front of them for as long as possible. But like people notice when people age and this guy's already been a TV guy for some time. So yeah, he's yeah. already like aged on TV in the public view for a good, a good while. And now he's just going to stop aging. 
and I, yeah, they, and, it, they, and they even say like we can probably get away with it for like fifteen years or whatever. Mm. No, you, I don't know that you can. No, <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. But that's where the end. He's like, no, you can't do this, and he's trapped in this. And that's like his. But like, if this is a morality play. What did he do that was bad? Right. He didn't do anything. He like was like, no, I don't think this is a good idea. And then they were like – then he realized, well, why isn't it a good idea? Like all they're doing is pro- like projecting an Im- – again, they're not manipulating the news. They're not like making world leaders say things. They're not yeah, whatever. They're, they're only just manipulating ha- the guys who tell the news. Right. Yeah. And who gives a shit? Right. So like I don't know that you did a bad thing to end up like – and he didn't really have a choice. It sounds like at any point if he had said no. no they would they just throw him in the fucking basement right, anyway. Right, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. this dungeon that they can put you in. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> and that boss was like way – that's one thing and it, it, more so in the next episode. Mm-hmm. People's reactions are muted. Other than our hero who's like, you son of a bitch. When the boss is like, all right, come in. He's like, he's like sipping a cognac and he's just like, man, this is the, this is the hardest part. But – uh yeah, you can't go anywhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now. Like he just delivers it with no, like, there's no yeah. menace, there's no sympathy. It's just flat, just fucking flat. It's well, weird. I, I wonder if this is supposed to mean he's done this many times before. As far as we know, it's just him and Arthur Dresden, right? It's just the two of them. But we also because he even to... says like Arthur's down the hall. You may want to pay him a visit. Or yeah, whatever. but then how does he do that? Because he can't even get out of the room. The room Seems is like... the, the room is completely blocked <laughs> yeah. off. That is one hundred percent right. With like a force field because it's clear. I don't know if it's glass. Yeah, whatever the, it is. The, when they're going down the elevator, the elevator opens right into this suite. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. when he, uh, Bill Bellamy uh, walks back into the elevator. Uh, Greg tries to follow him, and immediately there is an invisible glass field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't – yeah, I'm not sure what – They have more technology, I think, than they're letting on. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Also, this, if the elevator opened up right to that suite, does that mean there are other elevators, elevators then? It's complex. You need, you need so many elevators then if they're all going to open up into a separate dungeon. Also, is Arthur Dresden not dying? Was that all a lie? I mean, because I, it seems like oh, you're dying. We're gonna buy you this yacht. Would be the trick to get him down into the basement. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I almost think so because the reason they started this in on Greg was because of his health problems. Right. So I think that there was some instigating health problems with Arthur Desmond too. Maybe. This was a this was a weird story. It didn't work for me. Mm-mm. It was it was dumb. <laughs> like I was just mad. Though. Like I was confused and then I would rewind it and I'd be like oh no I, like I must have missed something right so I'd rewind it and I'd be like oh I didn't miss anything this is just poorly explained this is just yeah. not good, well written no yeah um, good one to start off with uh, it is a weird it's a weird choice for your first yeah. episode because it's like it is somewhat ambitious and like it's co- like it is a heady topic of mm-hmm. sorts, but it's just not delivered. It well. also implies that the first episode is usually the pilot episode that they sell the show on. Right. And that somebody bought this. <laughs> Very weird. Which brings us to our second story. Oh, my God. James uh, – it's weird. James Coburn has a little introduction about a, this man. He works really hard and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then we meet him, right? Yeah. And uh, he works yeah. too much. At one point, he says he works twenty hours a day, which I think might be an exaggeration. I, it has to be. I don't like. You can't. He works at like a bank. Like he works. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying he's like yeah. works in like finance or something. So like, what are you doing? The right. Are <laughs> this is in 1981. It's not even like global market. Yeah. Like that. I work at the Avoid My Family factory. Clearly. <laughs> uh, but he's so we we meet him and he's making a crystal radio little mm-hmm. like science kit thing with his kid mm-hmm. and the wife is like, come on, time for bed, and they're like, oh, let us 
stay up a bit yeah. the radio or whatever. They make the radio and the kit and you, uh, you like move this crystal to change the stations or whatever and they pick up an old-timey radio broadcast. Uh, and the the uh, kid's like, let me stay up for another five minutes or it's like old-timey jazz or whatever. Play. Yeah. So and, gets- it all, and it doesn't throw me at first because – I'm not in 1981. I'm in 2019, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the house doesn't look that dissimilar to no, I a house from the 40s. I couldn't <laughs> figure out what the time period was yeah. at first. Like I didn't know if this was like a period piece or something. So that when it, when the music started playing, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this seems fine. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we realized it is the 80s. The next morning, the kid says like, oh, the Tom Nick show is going on. It's like an old time cowboy like radio yeah. serial or whatever. And the dad's like, oh, I used to listen to that all the time when I was a kid. Mm. And he goes, oh, she's like, I could go, but I need a quarter. And he's like, oh, they're showing the – they're airing the old commercials too. That's weird. Like they, they must be airing this old radio show. And they're all oh, there airing the old commercials too, whatever. Yeah. And immediately I was like, oh, the radio's – like this is like Amazing Stories or something. The radio's getting the fucking – is somehow picking up radio transmissions from the from, past. From the past, yeah. Right? And – uh uh, they're eating breakfast and the cereal box. It's a checks box, but they de- can't say they can't just have it say checks sure. on TV. So they cover up the C. So it's hex cereal, <laughs> <laughs> just witch's curse cereal. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's weird food shit in this episode. We'll get to oh, it. Yeah. There's a weird line that just made me. I literally had a, like I laughed for like thirty seconds. Okay. Uh, so he starts being like kind of get. It. He's like, oh, this is like. Mm-hmm. This is weird. We're getting these these like transmissions from the past, and he, he says like, "Well, you know, like when radio signals and TV signals they go out into space or whatever, and they, you know they just keep going. They don't die off or whatever. So like, yeah. you can if you're far enough away in space, pick up a signal from the past or whatever. Mm-hmm. That like that science is real, right? And he's like, well, maybe it bounced back, bounced off a meteorite or a satellite, and it's been bounced back into, and I'm, we're picking it up. Okay, like." This is science fiction, but sure, that is a reasonable yeah. explanation. The, for what the only thing we're the only thing we're removing is like chance, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's technically could happen. I fear, I guess. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, what in the world of this bullshit? Yes, yeah, fine, right, you're right, right, fine. Uh, but then he get, realizes he starts picking up Morse code signals, uh, <laughs> and he gets obsessed. Right, so he's like translating this Morse code, and he realizes that it's a. Uh, a Nazi spy on an American ship sending a coded message to a German U-boat, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that ship ends up the American ship ends up getting sank. Turns out his father was on that ship, so his father died, and he's like, "Oh, I can like save my dad's life or whatever." But he is like, he has built an antenna on top of the house. He's mm-hmm. going full like uh, 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 Close Encounters, right? He's yeah. going crazy, and he's like telling his wife that he believes fully that his. Uh, that he is receiving radio transmissions in the past. He thinks he can send a radio transmission to the past mm-hmm. to alter the course of history and save his father's life. And her response is, let me make you a chicken sandwich. <laughs> I laughed for 30 <laughs> seconds. She's just like, let me make you a chicken sandwich. And I was like, you know what, chicken sandwich? Kind of sounds nice. I'm not, I'm like, your husband is... Is having a is either one experiencing yeah. a supernatural event, mm-hmm. or is two having a complete mental breakdown? Right, and right. Your answer is yeah. a chicken sandwich. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And I, I, she tries to talk him out of this. She tries to say, "Look, uh, look, your your father's dead. It's in the past, and it's you're not going to bring him back." Right. And I want to say, like, that's not the only reason this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's trying to stop. Uh, his father's ship deploying him over to World War II right. from getting like sunk by a U-boat. Right. If the ship doesn't get sunk, his dad still goes to World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> arguably worse. Arguably a like, trench warfare. Yeah, yeah. Arguably a worse fate for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
he also go and his art his reasoning is so selfish and shitty mm-hmm. too where he's like he wants his dad it's not because he wants to save his dad's life mm-hmm. it's because he goes like you know when i was five years old i became the man of the house like at least in my mind i did mm-hmm. or whatever and yeah i know i never had time for childish things no he uh, became like a briefcase kid he yeah says. he was a full-on <laughs> briefcase kid by the way do you have a briefcase kid at your school uh no we didn't i my graduating class was 42 people uh, we didn't have room for a briefcase school we had a <laughs> briefcase kid at our school for sure who would later go on to be arrested for child pornography so <laughs> keep your eye on the briefcase kid is yeah, my yeah. point open it, that briefcase it's my point. Well, here I I maintain this as a thing. If you got a briefcase kid running around, kid that, like wears a suit to school or whatever, mm-hmm. check in on him. That yeah. is abnormal behavior. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Like, oh yeah. When you start acting weirdly like that and of a yeah. wrong age, that is often a sign of some shit's going on in your life. Check in on that kid. Yeah, and now we know those kids are all Stephen Millers and Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like bad news. Bully them. But yeah, no briefcase kid is going like, uh, I'm carrying my briefcase because I've got the codes in here that will uh, uh, revolutionize uh, energy. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah, Off yeah. of fossil fuels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely not. They're all they're all Nazis. Uh, so he has this argument that he's like, I didn't have a, ch-, you know, I was a briefcase kid, right? And he says like. Uh, he says – I wrote down a line. He's like, even if we could afford a toy, I never thought about playing with them. I, I, it's, a sh- it's a very shitty line. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's terrible. Even if we could afford a, a toy, toy. A singular toy. I wouldn't know what to do with a toy. <laughs> uh, and he goes on to say like, I see my kid. You know, I see our, our child. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I flat out couldn't tell. Uh, but like I see this child and – I like I realized the childhood I missed out on by my father dying. So he doesn't want to stop this ship to like prevent arguably thousands of American soldiers' deaths. Right. He just wants to like know what like to play hopscotch. It's just he a real, real selfish. Ba- yeah, yeah. He he basically is like I wish I had had a different life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Than the one I have now. Anyways, uh, woman I've chosen to spend this life with. Uh, good good for me to tell you this. <laughs> yeah, I hate this. Uh, so he manages to. He sends uh, a fake message. Well, he yeah, he sends a message saying like because the spy's initial message is like the ship is leaving shore on the on the fifteenth, mm-hmm. and he changes it to the twentieth so that the ship will have already left and he'll miss the sinking, right? And uh, I wrote down here. Uh, hold on. Uh, I, I was like, I ho- also I hope this I hope it kind of works and he fucks up the timeline. I said I hope he wakes up and there's just SWAT stickers everywhere, <laughs> just so he can learn to jump rope or some shit. And oh, that's man. exactly that's what happened. What so happened? It, he wakes up and also this is weird. It's just the transition is weird. so he's like, oh yeah, he's writing at the kitchen table, right? Yeah. And he's like, set, he's got this whole setup to do like the fucking Morse code. Yeah, he's got a he's, he's tapping away the fake message. He's he's got an antenna on the on the roof or whatever. He falls asleep at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. He wakes up at the kitchen table, and his father goes, "Come on, we got to go to work." He opens the door in the kitchen into a butcher shop. Yeah, like <laughs> so. The world – I get that the timeline has changed. His dad is alive. But like that made me think it was a dream because like right. that's not – there isn't a yeah. butcher shop on the other side of that door. Yeah. This is your house. That doesn't – this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They, uh, uh, yeah. That's the same house somehow. But there's now a butcher shop attached. And it's also – wouldn't it be the back – like he goes through a door to a butcher shop. That should be the back of the butcher. Like there should be meat. It shouldn't just be yes. your kitchen. That's weird. Yeah. And he says, I just wish I he, – he was telling his wife, I wish I had always grown up as the butcher's kid. Yeah, yeah. So this butcher shop already existed in the 40s. 
I guess, not right? Atta- his dad, yeah, and not yeah. attached to the house, right? Not his dad was a butcher before he went to World War II. Yeah, yeah. Motherfucker. I didn't even catch that one. <laughs> so then, and here's what's fucking hilarious. They play, they fucking brush over this entirely. Mm-hmm. The dad's like, hey, you know, the Mrs. You know, Janet down the street or whatever, his niece is coming or is going to be around. You should check her out. She's real cool. or She's a real nice lady. And uh, it turns out he is no longer married, doesn't have a kid anymore because he has changed the timeline entirely. Yeah. That is given 10 seconds of airtime. Like there is very little done to like – he doesn't emotionally react to what do you mean I don't have a wife and child anymore. Right, right. Huh? What? What? And then – What? And then he's like, hold on. You got to make sure you wear this. And he hands him this Nazi identification card and Mm -hmm. he has to wear – he's like, what do you mean I have to wear this all the time? Wait, was it a Nazi? It it has like a fucking – like the eagle with the swat stick on it. Okay, I didn't see that. I just thought it was a name tag. And I'm like (laughs) – You know the new rules. (laughs) You got to wear name tags. I mean (laughs) – look, I mean other than the name tag. Nazi's not that bad. <laughs> also, you're a white dude. You're going to be fine. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> this world isn't that bad for you. You're going to yeah. be fine. You own a business. You're good. Yeah, it's like in Sound of Music how, like, the Nazis are just guys that make you stand up straight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that version of what being occupied by Nazis is. And that's what happens. So, like, he's like – he looks at the badge like, what? And then uh, a Nazi walks in yeah. just, a, just full on the same mm. uniform. Uniforms haven't changed in 40 years. It's 1981. Yep. Nazis rule. Same exact Hugo Boss. Same dress. Same yeah. dress. Uh, and he's like, I'm here to pick up my wife's Wiener Schnitzel or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he opens the door and looks outside, and there's swastikas driving everywhere and Volkswagens. That was a yeah. nice touch. <laughs> uh-huh. And there's just a bunch of Nazis everywhere, and that's your that's the end of the story. Yeah, he manages to save his dad, but fucked up everything. Right, classic yeah. time travel. Which I I do want to go back to that. So that means his dad's ship did not get destroyed. His yeah. dad went to World War II. Right. They lost World War II. Yeah. And his dad was able to come back and resume butchering. No questions asked. Not an issue. I also, what that means is your that ship of people were so bad at war they that lost. they lost the war. They didn't. Yes. It's not like their absence of presence is yeah. what allowed us to win. Right. They showed up and fucked up everything so poorly yeah. that we lost the war. You're a real hero of a dad. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, and I also wrote, whatever, you'll be fine. You're just a white dude. Yeah. Uh, I Again, this was like... 10, 12 minutes of the episode, kind of real short little snippet of a story. I liked it. I like like it's not the best one, but it's fine. It felt like an amazing stories episode. Yeah. Like I didn't a mind less the less done one. It and was, it's fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like ten minutes of all right, whatever, and then like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. All right, Big all right, okay, yeah. And that kind of seems like what they're doing with the next episode, like the same, same similar idea. Yeah. Of like here's a short and like I story. Didn't, I didn't mind how dumb the second one was because second it was one, just so quick. Yeah, it's quick and and yeah. exactly. Uh which leads us into episode two. Now there is a, a lot of talent going on in this show. Um, older act like this is a time where like oh you get some older actors they have some name value mm-hmm. we've got some young up and coming stars a lot of the writers and directors have like done tons and tons of TV and like uh, the guy who writes this next story is something block I, I looked it up um, who writes the Helen Hunt story by the way young Helen Hunt in this next episode mm-hmm. uh, wrote for like Alfred Hitchcock presents all the way up through like Bates Hotel like he's been like this like and, like consistently kind of horror genre stuff and like oh these are like good talented like workman TV people behind this show uh, <laughs> which leads us into episode two of Dark Room the first story being. 
well, the boogeyman will get you. A title that, as we will find out, has nothing, nothing to do at all with there's, what happens. There's no boogeyman involved in this episode <laughs> at all. Uh, he also, the boogeyman? You don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, 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 it doesn't come up. Uh, <laughs> The opening is James Coburn. He's reading a magazine called Monsters Illustrated. Monsters Illustrated. <laughs> but it also did kind of look like – like that looked like a magazine that might have existed. Yeah. There I was lo- a lot of that shit back in the That's day. True. I looked it up and I couldn't find anything about one. But that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean yeah. – yeah. But also like a magazine like it for sure. Sure, yeah. There's tons of those. And he's like, oh, the – those were the days the studios turning out to vampire stories or whatever. And he, he says, Bela Lugosi was buried wearing his cape. And then that's he just yeah. moves on. Like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a nice little tidbit, right. I guess. Also, you fucking nerd. You oh. are not a vampire, you idiot. Yeah. Like, also, no. also, I want to say, if this guy's lamenting where horror movies have gone, yeah. it is 1981. Yeah. They're yeah. everywhere right now, my man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure. We're like the, the birth of the slasher genre yes, is happening yeah, as yeah. we speak. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, the Thing came out last year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got Helen Hunt yeah. is uh, at a drive-in with her little sister who – and this is mean of me, but I wrote this. Helen's little sister is weirdly shaped. She is oddly <laughs> yeah. proportioned. She looks like an adult but just small. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. some, like children are often like kind of gangly or – they're still kind of growing into their bodies. She looks like a fully grown human being that is just tiny. Like it's just weird. It was clearly like a Daphne Velma casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, then, I got to say this. My, my girlfriend's going to kill me. She came into the – she was like coming home from work while I was watching the second episode. And she just unleashed uh, – not unleashed. That's too strong of a word. But she was like, oh, Helen Hunt. She's like, hmm. And I was like, well, that's a weird what – you, what's your beef with Helen Hunt? And she's like, oh, nothing. I just don't – I'm surprised – like she basically said like Helen Hunt is not pretty enough to be a movie star. And I was like, I guess that's – I mean, huh? And she's like, yeah. Like, she ended up with Paul Reiser mm-hmm. and then, like, a Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And then that was the end of her career. And right. like, she's like, that's the level of Until attractiveness that she should be yeah. is, like, Paul Reiser. Like, yeah. She's not in movies with, like, Brad Pitt. She's, right. like, with uh, Paul Reiser. And I'm like, yeah, that actually does kind of make sense. Yeah. She does have, like, a Paul Reiser-esque face. <laughs> and when I watched I went back to start looking at it. She is – um dull in this movie or TV show. She's like – there's no like spark in her eyes. She's just like dim I'm, somehow. I'm watching Gossip Girl right now for the first time. Okay. She has a major like Blake Lively in that uh, show vibe. Okay. Just kind of like – kind of just responding to everything, not really like lightening up at mm. much. By yeah. Way, how is how is Gossip Girl? I like is really it like good? it. I'm not mad at that. I'm fucking watching it. It's dumb as hell. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's, it, it's insane. It's dumb in a crazy way. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of like the second parts of these episodes. Gotcha. Um, but I, I – I, the reason I never watched it is because I thought it was just like a dumb like high school show. That's what I assumed. It's, this no, it's this about, moment of this. It is about like the Upper East Side elites, like insanely rich people okay. and the insanely like airheaded things that they live. Okay. And I I, I really like it now because I'm just imagining – because the, almost the entire show happens on the Upper East Side. So I'm just like picturing like Jeffrey Epstein walking yeah, through yeah, the yeah, background yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they're driving home from the from the driving movie, mm-hmm. and where they, they saw the Phantom of the Opera, I think. Yes, yeah, so, well, there that is like a I want to say seventies rendition of that movie. Mm-hmm. Like I recognize those images. It was that's a real. A real, that's okay. a real movie. I wasn't sure yeah. if they had like. And I'm light. sure Universal got the rights too, but like that 
Okay, yeah. That, yeah I'm yeah. sure it's like a universal movie. Like, mm-hmm. I remember that does exist. There's a 70s fan of it. Was NBC Universal, were yeah, they yeah, together? That back uh, I don't know. I, I make, would assume. That would make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they almost that's, that's, that's also probably why James Copen was like, uh, Dracula, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uni- <laughs> the universal yeah. monster. The ones we own, <laughs> for sure. Uh, they, they almost hit this guy in the robe, and then he disappears. And then there's mm-hmm. a bat, right? There's a yeah. giant fucking bat. Mm-hmm. Now, you, we live in a place with a lot of bats. Yeah. We don't have, there's not giant bats in America, right? Like, no, and those if are you, South American. And if strictly. you live in Portland or wherever the fuck they are, there's somewhere in Pacific North, I don't know, the uh, wooded areas, right? Mm-hmm. And you grow up in an area where there are bats, you know what kind of bats are around you. A giant fucking bat flies over these people a couple of times, and they're just like, oh, a bat. Dang. <laughs> That's weird. I would also add, doesn't come in, not a vampire. Spoiler alert for the yeah, end of yeah. this episode. Uh, yeah. So, like, what's that fucking bat doing there, here? Yeah. It's like, like, it just doesn't make sense. The bat is just the rat in The Departed. It's yeah. Just like, <laughs> just, it's just there for symbolism. <laughs> uh, they, uh, and I want to say, when, they were, when they're driving home, they almost hit this guy. Uh, they see him in the middle of the road. Right. And then they approach him for a very long time. <laughs> very long. And then turn away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they almost get in an accident stop. themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, go ahead. And uh, the little sister, whose name is Dee Dee, I think, yes. she goes... That man was in the road, and he had such white skin and, mm-hmm. and those eyes, and like she was trying to make him look scary. Yeah, I like yeah. rewinded and looked, and he's a very dude. normal looking dude. He like, looked like dude. Scott Bakula. Like I would be afraid of him just because like suddenly there's a man there. There's yeah. Suddenly a man there. Also, yeah. he's like he looks like a rapist, which we'll find out 100 percent is a rapist. But uh, oh, you thought he was creepy in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mean I was just constantly trying to fuck teenage? Oh, let me rephrase that: fucking teenage girls all the time yeah. and hiding it from people. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's okay. We'll get to it. Uh, we find out that he lives across the lake from her and her parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, he actually lived with them for a couple of weeks, a number of like five years ago. When she was 13 mm-hmm. and he was working on his thesis. With, just her, to give with you, her father. With her father. Just to give you an idea of the age separation of mm-hmm. these two people. He was an adult when she was 13. At, yeah. There was at least six years difference then. Well, at, he's working on a thesis. So he's 20-something, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. probably 10 years. At, then. At, yeah. For sure, right? Okay, yeah. Good point. Um, also, uh, at the drive-in. Uh, we've uh, they go like, oh, uh, where's Julie? Julie hasn't shown up, right? And Julie was mm-hmm. supposed to meet him at the movies, and they're like, oh, she probably met a boy at the lake or whatever. So that's just important for it's going right. to come up. Yeah. Right? Uh, the next, <laughs> the fucking, uh, he says, uh. He's like, oh, I actually think I've got an invite for dinner or whatever. I'm like, yeah. your dad's helping me. I'm working on a book. Your dad's helping me write He's, or whatever. He says that they they almost hit this man. They pull up to a gas station. Right. And they start filling up and uh, Helen Hunt like airs the tires, which is way more car maintenance than I've ever seen anybody put sure. into the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's going to air up my tires just in case. Nobody does that. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden the man is there. Right. He He's somehow just, caught up to them. Caught up to them. He says his ga- as he uh, ran out of gas in his mm-hmm. motorcycle or yeah, whatever. My motorcycle that I don't need because I can run as fast as a car. <laughs> he also says when he's leaving, he asks the gas station if they can spare a quart. Yeah, yeah. And the You're guy's borrowing like, yeah. ga- what? And the guy's like, yes. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're gonna have a quart of gas. That is so weird. Uh, <laughs> next more the next he says, uh, it's okay, I won't bite, and then it like hangs in the air for a second like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that you're you're just a hack vampire this right, whole time. Yeah, That's yeah. a real bummer. <laughs> uh, the next day they're at the they're at the lake, uh, Julie 
no, not Julie. Julie's the girl that's missing. Mm-hmm. Dee Dee and Helen Hunt, they're hanging out at the lake, and they're like, oh, where's Julie? We still haven't found Julie. They are also not, like, your friend is missing at this point. Yeah. She didn't show up for the movie. I understand this is, like, pre-cell phone days, but, like, you live, you're clearly friends from this town. This is a yeah. small town. Go to her house. Call her house. Any number of things. Your friend is missing. Like, have some sort of reaction to that as opposed to just, I'm just going to hang out here and yeah, sun it was, myself. Yeah, it was like, oh, I thought the mail would come today. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that, that Couldn't like give a shit about this friend that's <laughs> missing uh, who is – so they're hanging on like a little pier, a little dock uh, on the mm-hmm. lake and uh, the, the younger sister goes in the water. Yeah, she and then an embarrassing dive, just awful form, almost a belly flop. Uh, and – Helen Hunt like fishes out some shit, like uh, some leaves out of the water, and then she's pulling up hair, and she's like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And then a hand pops up. Julie's dead in the fucking lake, mm-hmm. which is why her hand shot up. Shot, just, <laughs> it's very strange. Then she's at the police station. Obviously, yeah. she's found a corpse. Mm-hmm. I don't. This police force is wild. Also, where are – I've written down so many times, where are these people's parents? Why is – the cop says, if anything else comes up, I'll let you know. Why are you letting this child know about a murder investigation? Right, yeah. Where are Julie's parents? No <laughs> adults show up at this police yeah. station. She goes from the police station to dinner and her folks are like, ah, how's everything going? Having a good time. You just found a murdered corpse of your friend in the lake. No one gives a shit. At the house where the parents are, were at the time. A hundred percent. And the parents don't show up at the police station no, to be no, like, no. oh my God, we came as quick as we could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't give a fuck about this child. Mom, dad, we're going to take this body to the police station okay have fun <laughs> like <laughs> so weird uh, uh and um our police our our our, our uh, pat or whatever the fuck his name is pete phil. patrick's phil it's a p word uh <laughs> shows he's at the police station talking to the cops mm-hmm. he walks up to dd and he's like hey do me a favor don't tell your sister uh you saw me here mm-hmm. meanwhile helen R- hunt already saw him sees him yeah. sees him Go- looks at the cop and says oh what's he doing here yeah. like so i don't even understand the point of that but also uh Huge red flag, by the way, the the reddest of flags. If yeah. someone's like, "Hey, don't tell anybody you saw me at the police station." Oh, why? Is it because you're a fucking criminal? Maybe yeah. that's why. Also, he admits to he's been dating Julie for the last few weeks. These are high school girls. They yeah. are. She is talking about going away to college next year, right? At most, she's 18 because he says five years ago you were what 13 or whatever. So yeah. at the most, she's 18, which is gross. But like. Nobody seems – there doesn't seem to be any, like, this is a bad dude going on. Yeah, this is the guy guy who lives at the lake and dates our daughters. Like, he's fine. Who dates our our teenage daughters. The Drake of the lake. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he's fine. He's harmless. (laughs) Yeah, also the cops were real shitty when they show up because they're like, so what, what was she doing at the lake? And uh, and uh, Helen Hunt's like, oh, nobody goes swimming after dark. And you're like, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, she must right. have been like with a boy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She slut herself to death. That's like, exactly <laughs> what's it. It's so gross. Um, also, they're very nonchalant about this murder. The cop picks up a phone call from a reporter at one <laughs> point, and is just like giving all this detail about this murder and how there was another murder a couple of t- like 40 mm-hmm. miles away in another town it's very similar Helen Hunt's like hey did, was her neck fucked up like J- Julie's neck was all fucked up and yeah. she's like I can't tell you anything until after the coroner's report is done yeah. but you're gonna give her what's in the coroner's report after it's done right, like, yeah. she is a child <laughs> why is she involved in this investigation look you come down here after the autopsy I'll tell you everything <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's so weird 
Uh, there's another giant bat. <coughs> they have dinner with Phil's over for dinner. Mm-hmm. It's a, literally she found the corpse of her friend four hours ago. Right. Yeah. And nobody's asking her how she is. She like mm-hmm. kind of like is like she's like dazed and kind of staring off into nothing. And then she's like, I gotta. I, I'm sorry, I have to go. And everyone's like, Oh, I wonder what's gotten into her. Yeah. I don't know. Post traumatic stress yeah. disorder, maybe you <laughs> fucking monsters. She has a clearer schedule for a funeral this week. Like it's it's not good. It's <laughs> she's got. Yeah. They've got a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at one point, Helen Hunt says, I keep seeing Julie's face. Yeah, you pulled her out of a lake yeah. this afternoon. Of he, course you keep seeing she her says, face. She says he keeps – she says, I'm sorry, I keep seeing Julie's face. And that's why she keeps pushing Philip off of her as he keeps trying to kiss he her. He kissed her multiple, kissed her multiple times. Very gross. Just for, out of nowhere. There was no signals going on from, Nothing. from there, either of them. No, there wasn't a ma- – like – uh, let's say – let's say there were signals. Let's say this girl is flirting with him. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. You don't kiss her, you twenty-eight-year-old yeah. fucking creep. Yeah, she is a child. I wrote this. I wrote this down too. After the first time he kisses her, she yeah. pushes him away, and she goes, and he goes, "I'm sorry if I offended you." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry if my sexual assault offended you. It's so fucking gross. At one point, Dee Dee says, "Like, I like this back on the vampire thing," and Helen's mm-hmm. like, "He's not a vampire." And she goes, "Look, something just there's something." Uh, I wrote that he's like, uh, "Where is it?" He scares me. There's something about him. Yeah, he's a fucking predator. You yeah. should be a you're, follow your vibes, man. Yeah. You got to believe, trust your instinct. Right, right. This man's a problem. Right. I don't care if he's a vampire or not. Yeah, uh, he is a monster. Yeah, we know this. Yeah, one hundred percent. He uh, so he's not goes, scary if he's not one of the universal monsters. Though this is NBC. And <laughs> here's such a weird transition, right? So the mother and Dee Dee are going. Away to school, I think, yeah, camp. I think she's going to drop him off at college. Drop Dee Dee off at college. But Dee Dee's younger than her, and, and Helen Hunt, who's eighteen. I don't. Yeah, I, it's all weird, right? Yeah, that is. Um, I, I, I didn't understand the age differences there. I was like, are they supposed to be like fraternal twins? No, Dee Dee's clearly younger than right? Helen Hunt. Yeah, right? that's her little sister. Uh, um, but the next scene is Helen Hunt is going to make a cake for Phil. It's just a weird – like she goes to the store to buy stuff to make a cake and the is guy's that, like – Is that what she was – I could not tell what food she was buying. She's buying the ingredients for a cake. I, I couldn't tell by the ingredients but the guy behind the counter is like, you're trying – like when a girl by your age tries to buy stuff to make a cake, she's trying to impress a boy. Mm-hmm. And she, he was like, she's like, oh, whatever. So like why – Phil just like forced himself on you. You're – Friend is dead. He's a creep. You're making a cake. What yeah. is this energy going on right. right now? And then the next thing we see is her fucking horribly, Frost- yeah. horribly frosting cake. Some nailed yeah. it level fucking cake frosting going on. <laughs> but the, in the in the thing, she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm making it for Phil." He lives. And she, mm. the guy's like, "Who the fuck is Phil?" Oh yeah, he just lives like a hundred yards that way at the house on the lake or whatever. He goes, "Oh, I, I remember hearing somebody moved in there." He don't shop. I never see. I've never met him before. And she's like, "Oh, well, he has to shop here. It's the only place in town to buy." groceries or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like uh no he doesn't yeah he doesn't shop here and i was like that's because they don't sell blood but uh <laughs> and she, he says oh maybe he works at night they're yeah. really going heavy on the fucking he's a vampire yeah yeah thing out of nowhere right <laughs> maybe he hasn't had time to reflect do you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then also i realized if he doesn't go out, like so the idea is like oh he's never seen during the day right but then how was he at the police station <laughs> yeah I'm right. Yeah, that uh, was dur- clearly during the day. Yeah. Uh, he put he did like uh, in Blade where they wear like the suits and the helmets. That yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was on a motorcycle. That's what it is. Okay, there we go. We Nailed figured it out. It. Yeah, he, uh-huh. he wore the Blade motorcycle protective suits. <laughs> he goes to <laughs> so 
she's like starting to get suspicious of all this mm-hmm. information. So and when, she keeps telling her dad, and her dad keeps saying, "Oh, that's silly." This is the least well, the protective the, dad. The little I've girl. Seen. So the little girl is the one who keeps talking about the vampire thing, right? At one point, while Phil is over at the house, so Phil's coming over for mm-hmm. dinner and have this cake. As soon as she, but she sneaks out because she's going to go wait. She's going to go sneak into his house and look around for clues. Yeah, she says she's going to go to the store, which right. we know is closed because the store is not open at night. Also, <laughs> she was just at the store. So she's just it's at the a store. terrible lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she, so she sneaks out to go to the house when he's leaving, so that she can sneak in and go, look for clues or whatever. Yeah. Right while. She while she's gone, the dad gets a phone call from the mom who's like – she's like, what? He's like, huh, what? OK. I can tell you right now, this man is not a vampire. So the – I understand the little girl. She's obsessed with horror movies. She's a child. She's got this thing in her head about the guy being a vampire. If you're the mom, do you call the dad and check or do you just tell the little girl, hey, you're like – you're freaking out. I understand. We're going right. to talk about what's real and what's not. You call the dad and be like, hey, can you just quick make sure Phil's not a vampire? Like, yeah, you, either, you either calm the daughter down or you take the daughter seriously yeah, and yeah, you yeah, say, yeah. get that guy out of here. You don't walk that weird middle line <laughs> of like, let's – OK, just let's check to see if he's a vampire. I will call your dad <laughs> and he will – and your dad will give him a visual pat down and like determine whether or not he's a vampire. Yeah. While they're reading this guy's thesis called – Demonology in the modern, modern world. world. It's so <laughs> she at one point so when she sneaks in the house, she finds that, right? Mm-hmm. And she's going through it and then she turns the page and there's just like a gross picture of a like a monster it's face. Like the, yeah, it looked like the dark mark from Harry Potter. And she's like, Bah she yeah. just like screams yeah. and drops the book. It's so dumb. And on the page before the there were the words it was like Latin or fake mm-hmm. Latin. It was like De Vermis Mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> uh so what she finds in the house is two things. One, there's no mirror in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And two, she finds this key. Now, the cops had told her that Julie had a key to the boathouse, which is where they found her clothes when they were like, oh, she was being a tramp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the they, one thing they didn't find was the key the to the key. boathouse, right? So Helen Hunt's like, oh, this has got to be the boathouse key. Right. Why does he have it? Blah, blah, blah. She goes down to the boathouse to investigate. He shows up because he's just found out that the daughter thinks he's a vampire. He shows up there. With the key to the boathouse. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Julie made a copy. This is where we used to meet. This is the most pedophile behavior. We have to meet in secret in a fucking boathouse yeah. because no one can see us. We have <laughs> right. secret keys. You're just grooming this child. This dude No, is this, a, these were normal dates. It's <laughs> so fucking gross. Uh, and he's like, I know your, your sister thinks I'm a vampire, but look. And he, they stand in front of a mirror. He has a reflection, right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not a vampire. Mm-hmm. See, duh. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Here, make out with me or whatever. It's fucking gross. Yeah. Um, I'll make out with any non-vampire. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> uh, but then she's looking in the mirror. Still, he walks over to the door, and he, you see him reach and touch her shoulder. And I was like, "Oh, what the fuck's up with his hand? Yeah. He's got weird furry mm-hmm. hand with long stringy fingers and fingernails or whatever." Uh, and then he goes. He starts talking about how I know I'm not like it's not enough that you know I'm not a vampire because, like, your parents will joke about it, but then people in town will start to wonder. And, mm-hmm. you know, a man's uh, a man's reputation is a very tenuous thing. And it's like, wait a minute. Your argument yes. is that, like, you're not a vampire, but you're 
you're concerned people will think you are a vampire and not a child molester? That should be a bigger concern on your reputation. But it turns out he's not a vampire. Mm-mm. He's a werewolf. Right before we see a big old full moon full over, his moon over his shoulder, and then he turns around and he's a werewolf, and he fucking uh, kills. And he starts twist. saying how he's going to have to kill her parents and Dee Dee because they're going to like spread the word about his. They're going to like let people know or whatever. But he kills her. Th- this is why I like this episode, this story, and the next one in particular. What I was starting to say previously is like. The, it's this is not a morality play. Yeah, the villain wins. Like this child molesting werewolf wins at the end of this episode. Yeah, so it's just like a spooky story, and like that's kind of fun in the way that this next short one is also, I think, very fun. Right, right. I think they figure maybe they maybe the next ones will be more like this, but it seems like after the first one, at least when they were writing the second one, they figured out like, oh, if we were going to do a morality play, we need to have like a coherent like Sorry, line of thoughts, and, and we can't. <laughs> do that so let's, here's, here's a fucking let's werewolf. just do something creepy here's some twists yeah yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> episode so the second story in this episode is called uncle george uh this is <laughs> i don't know i i i should have been bored the whole way through this but i was like a little intrigued by the whole thing and this ended up being like by far my favorite so far yeah because like so <laughs> the uh, the James Coburn section is like he he says something about this like he says these this couple's name mm-hmm. and they live in this house. Well, he's talking about fear. He opens up with like when you're a kid, you're afraid of monsters under under the stairs or snakes or bugs. But when you become an adult, you have real adult fears like how am I going to pay the mortgage or put mm-hmm. food on the table? Uh, these people live in this house and they've, this house has seen better days, much like this couple has. Uh, and we find this house. This is older couple like. Uh, we see the woman. She's taking care of an older relative named Uncle George in his bed. He's watching. Uh, I wrote it yeah, down. I did too. Uh, <laughs> was, Buckaroo Bonanza. Buckaroo Bonanza, which was clearly just fucking Wheel of Fortune. But yeah. he's watching Buckaroo Bonanza. And uh, he uh, – uh, She's he's like bedridden. He's, he's bedridden. Very he's very sick and old. He's like he, he's like answering questions on the like out loud mm. from the game show. But he's talking like – he can barely talk. The, she comes in, she's looking out the window, and she's like, oh, that boy's down there, he's playing in the mud, he's going to be in trouble. She closes the blind, she's like, why don't you have a rest? Oops, he's dead. He's, mm-hmm. he's just died in this old man dying way. Yeah. Goes down, she goes downstairs and tells her husband, who's like from, he, that, Claude Atkins is an actor from fucking a thousand, he was on like Bonanza, this dude's been around. Mm-hmm. He was on Buckaroo Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tells her that Uncle George has, has passed away, and he's yeah. like, oh, it's so sad. Well, first, he said, he's making a, he's like, this dresser is going to be good as new when I'm done with it. He's like working in this, uh, in his like shop or whatever. Yeah. He's like, we'll find out he's a carpenter. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, what are we going to do? And he's like, what we've always planned to do. And she's like, I don't know if we should. And he's like, look, we're not backing out on this now. Yeah. We made he's our like, plans. He's like, if I was working, we could do something different. Yeah. Right. yeah but I, like, I, I can't keep steady yeah. work because I have this bad heart. Mm-hmm. So this is what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So this, I, I think the reason why I was so in, like, this episode kept me, because it is kind of slow, uh, is like, I couldn't figure out what the twist was going to be. I figured right. out right away. I was like, oh, they're going to fucking pretend he's not dead. And keep cashing his fucking social security checks or whatever. Yeah. Because clearly they need the money. I was like, okay, I get that. But what's the fucking, where's the, ba- like, right. what's the evil going to be? What's the bad? What's the twist? Mm-hmm. So he goes down to like Skid Row and he's like trying to meet these old hobos. Uh, and he meets this old guy named Dixie, whatever the fuck his name is. 
His name is Dixie, but he says his birth name was Herbert. Herbert but nobody's was, ever called me that since I was five. And I thought it was really funny because the husband's name is Bert. So it was Bert and Herbert. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> uh, um, and he basically, he, he's like, ah, hey, he keeps going to people old timer, which I love. is always fun. Yeah. Uh, he's this like a 90 year old man with a Ronald Reagan hair dye job. It's calling people <laughs> old timer. Like, the nerve, man. <laughs> he, uh, he's like, hey, can I buy you a drink to, to this old, like, hobo sitting on a bench? And he's like, oh, you're not lying to a, a old man, are you? You're going to break my heart or whatever. So they go to this bar. Which do people just, like, go up to you and, like, say, they'll right. buy you a drink and then and walk psych! away? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, I a, get, I, that's a weird that's thing a to do. a weird trick, yeah. To a wino. <laughs> uh, and he brings him to this bar. Now, one thing that I noticed that I love is, did you see the pinball machine? No. I like, you don't even get to see the name so much. There's a guy playing pinball. I love that pinball was for scumbags back in the day. Like, pinball yeah. is, is <laughs> fun. like, if you look at, if you, you've been to, like, pinballs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the old pinball machines, it's all tits. It, there's, it's, yeah, not, it? it's not for children. Pinball was in bars and, like, seedy, and, like, pool halls and seedy places. Mm-hmm. And, like, you gambled on it and shit. So when you see old pinball machines, it's just fucking, like, girls in cut-off shorts and tits. Hits and it's all just sleaze. And it that, was like the nude photo hunt game. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the time. And if it's funny if you go like because like you know I've been to pinballs a few times and you can see the progression where it has like they're moving into it being oh this is going to be an arcade and kids will see it but they haven't like there's a there's an overlap at a point there's a pinball machine in pinballs that's a teenage mutant ninja turtles machine uh-huh. that has no turtles on the fucking front of it it's just April O'Neil with her tits hanging out it's, like, <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me that's so weird because yeah. that's never what that show was. no it's for children but it's just this weird mashup somebody in a pinball place. Was like no, we still need to keep this, <laughs> keep this one for the bars. Oh my god, oh, it makes me laugh. No, I haven't. I got. I got to go back to pinball. Yeah, look at it. It's, it's like either like it'll be like oh, like a, <laughs> a a barkeep or whatever. Yeah, but it's predominantly girls in like like cartoon drawings of girls in cut off shorts bent mm-hmm. over cars. Like that's mostly what pinball machines were. Uh, so he brings them in his bar. They order a double scotch and a cold beer for three dollars. I love the fucking man. Nineteen eighty one, man. Oh boy, it's like basket uh, prices. <laughs> and I like so Dixie. <laughs> Shows up and the bartender's like, "Get the fuck out yeah, of here!" Yeah. Clearly, this wine knows my fucking problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like, "My friends paying," so he's got yeah. money. And he tells him, "Look, our f- uncle George passed away, and Uncle George has been getting a thousand dollars a month on a pension from the uh, railroad company. He used to work for the railroad. Yeah, he's on and disability. He's on he, disability he got, like, at work. They, he's he been, says. for seventeen years. Mm-hmm. He's been getting his thousand dollars a week, but he died." And like we've been taking good care of him, like treat him like he's like, treat him like he's my own dad. Mm-hmm. And we uh, kept him nice and, and comfy in that first, twin bed. <laughs> at first, when we took him in, it wasn't about the money, but times have gotten hard, and I haven't been working steady. And you know, my wife and I have come to depend on this money. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, it's it's been like three years since one has, but every once in a while, someone from the railroad company shows up to check on. Uh, Uncle George and make sure he's still alive. We make sure he's still out sending out these texts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, unless it's this, like, they won't know who Uncle George is. There's no picture. It's three years. It's not going to be the same person. So we just need somebody to be Uncle George. And you, and he's like, what's in it for me? He goes, your own room, your own TV, Food, three three drinks. square meals a day. And the guy's like, and scotch? And he's yeah. like, and all the scotch you fucking yeah. want, right? <laughs> yeah. So they bring him home, and he is wild drunk. I don't know how many double scotches they have, but when they pull in the driveway, he is singing unintelligible noises. It's mm-hmm. just weird. Um, the wife is like, kind of like, oh, this, I don't know about this guy or whatever. 
Uh, they bring him up. They put him in bed. The f- Bert, the husband, is downstairs digging a fucking grave for uh, um, the real Uncle George because mm-hmm. they're going to bury him in the basement. And I'm like, oh, is he going to die? Like, I still haven't figured out where the twist is going to be. Yeah, because he's, like, not doing well digging this hole. No, like, he's shaking yeah. and sweating, and it's like he's got a bad heart. That's mm-hmm. the whole premise of the, ep- of the thing. Uh, so I was like, this is why it was still effective for me because I haven't figured out the twist. Like yeah. the pre- every other one of the other ones, I didn't figure out it was a werewolf and not a vampire. But like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, this one, I was like, I, where are they going with this? Uh, she says, I gave him that other bottle of scotch, like you said. He's like, good. We'll go up on. We'll go check on them in an hour. They. She goes upstairs. He's like half asleep, holding a bottle, of, a glass of scotch on his belly. She turns the TV off and she's like, I was think. I was wondering. If you wanted a rub down before you went yeah. to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, what in the fuck is happening? Mm. This is a weird turn. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, I mean, I, I, I assume she meant like his feet, but that was still very a weird offer. It's a first. weird yeah. offer. And he's like, oh, the, ain't nobody in my whole life ever gave me a rub down. <laughs> I would hope yeah. not. Right. Yeah. Creep. <laughs> um, and, uh, he starts to say like so. Bert kind of shit like she's he starts talking about how like something's not making any sense. You said that Uncle George was sixty five, and he but he's been getting a pension for seventeen years, so he must have retired when he was like four forty something. And yeah. who gets to do that? Like the math isn't adding up. But he's like wild drunk. Yeah, and, uh, and also the answer is firefighters. They get to retire, they retire at and, very yeah. early in police and all. and uh, like underwater welders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Bert has showed up. And he's like, I told you it was disability, not a pension. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was injured on a job. He was uh, working on a train rail and a train came. I mean, Bert is walking in with a toolbox at this point, and she's like washing his legs off. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, this train just came, and he didn't get out of the way. Hit him at the legs. Severed both of them right above the knee. And I was like, oh, mm. shit. And then the last thing you see is Bert turned around with a fucking table saw, like yeah. a like a, a power saw, and he's going to cut fucking this wino's fucking legs off. And the wife, the wife is like, all right. Like, neither, yeah, of them yeah. are, they're, neither of them are like, I'm so sorry. It's like, oh, fuck, this couple's fucking weird. And then that's yeah, it. It's yeah. like a short piece, ten minutes maybe. She's like, you want to? You, she's like, you want to probably finish the that bottle of scotch? scotch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, gonna... they're just gonna cut his fucking legs off. I was like, this. I like the show. I, yeah, that yeah. story I thought was great. Also, I guess they were gonna get new sheets after this. I just threw was... that in the bed. Yeah. You didn't put plastic down yeah. or nothing. Yeah, get, yeah, yeah. You guys remember to get like a couple belts or tourniquets or something? Because they, he, I mean, you would have like that. You would think they would have done that, like what he should have been like taking out belts or whatever, mm-hmm. and then come up with a table saw. But nope, he just turns around with that table saw, just cut his fucking legs off. I guess if you want to maximize the effect, you have to hit him with the saw first. Yeah, well, no, I think you build to it because, like, oh, why is he taking out belts? Why is he, oh, like you tell, you do mm-hmm. that while they're telling the story, and you're like, oh, what's he doing? This doesn't make sense. And then boom, the saw at the end. Uh, also, are you going to like cauterize those wounds? How, right. What are you going to do? This man is going to bleed to death. I was wondering, are they going to have like, oh, they're just going through Uncle George's because they can't get the fucking amputation surgery right. right. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah. that's kind of, well, I guess they, I guess at the beginning they were like, that was Uncle George died. And like, it, the way they set it up, it seemed like that was it legitimately the first Uncle George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. I thought, but, I was like, that would, I kind of wanted it to be like more Uncle, like, right. what we would have found out was that like, that Uncle George in the bed wasn't the first. Like they've been mm. doing this to keep up with the pension check. It's like how the Simpsons they have uh, like seven gravestones for all the yeah, snowballs. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah, Uncle yeah. George four. 
Uh, I like this episode a lot. I, I I watched it and thought it was super fun. Uh, it's hard to watch on the app because there's so many goddamn commercials. And they're all the same commercial. Yeah. And it's five of them every commercial break. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's I don't care about your fucking uh, uh, organic deodorant or whatever the fucking telling me. But uh, what uh, do you think it's worth people? I mean, there's only seven episodes, right? So we're going to get yeah. through this one pretty quick. Do you think it's worth people watching? I think fucking watch this show. I'm like, it's weird enough that it's like, give it, a, get stone, give it a watch. I think it'll be fun. I think this. I, I would say yes to the second episode. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't need you don't need to watch the no, first episode. No, there's an anthology. You just jump so in right yeah. So far, I would say yes to the second, no to the first. Word. Uh, I wouldn't. I'm not really. I'm not ready to say go ahead and watch the whole series. Right on. I would say watch a montage of James Coburn being a weird, horny film developer. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, what do you got to plug? This will be out tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Okay. Uh, on Sunday, uh, I, my uh, Nicole, my girlfriend, and I will be emceeing a fundraiser for Bernie Sanders at Cheer Up Charlie's at uh, starting at 4 p.m. There'll be bands all afternoon, and there's going to be a comedy block that you are going to be I on. Am on that along well. with uh, Avery Moore and uh, Evan Rabelais and uh, we're just going to have a good time raise nope. some money for Bernie uh, there'll be plenty of chances to sign up for organizing uh, volunteer, and you can donate there too there'll be contests all that kind of thing there'll be some great bands it'll be a fun time excellent definitely come to that I will be there for sure uh, t- what's your uh, social media? Uh, my Twitter is at A-Rabic, A-H-R-A-B-I-K, and Instagram is the same thing. Tight. I am at Chris Cubis on all social media. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe. Give us a subscribe on iTunes. It super helps us out. Tell your friends. It helps us as well. And we will see you next week. <laughs>